Hello, hello, hello. Hello, everybody. This is Larry with Black Financial Initiative. We got a great episode today. Today, we're going to go over Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I hope I said his name correctly. Man, it's a great book. I think Terrence and Eric both suggested this book. I will be honest, at the beginning, when I first read this book, maybe a year or two ago, I was kind of um, skeptical of reading the book because I, I understood that he liked debt a lot. And um, at the time, I had to pay off a lot of debt, but uh, it's not necessarily true. It's a really good book. Um, I think it's really good for building our wealth, and I'm, I'm really glad that we read it. So I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to Eric. Hey, everybody. Um, like as Larry said, we read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, and we'll go over some things uh, that were in the book, kind of an overall review by each of us. So to start it off, T, what did you think of the book? Man, I, I, I enjoyed it. Actually, I'm not going to say I read it. I have the audio book. I'm going to be honest with the people out there. So <laughs> I, got the, I got the cheat code, as you call it. So uh, I listened to it a while back. And then when we decided we were going to have a discussion on it, I reread it, re-listened re to it and whatever. And, and I enjoyed it even more. I got more out of it this time. I took some notes, which I advise or suggest to anybody that's going to go through a, a, a book to yeah. Uh, maybe take some notes if it's something you're supposed to get out of. If it's just for entertainment, and, you know, just read on through. But if you're going to take some lessons from this book, uh, probably take some notes because I did this the second time around and I got some, some good stuff out of it. So I thought it was a good book. I suggested I think it'll be good for anybody to read some good le lessons for any person, any person of color that's trying to learn something about, um, you know, finances and how to handle their financial situation. So. What about you, Larry? Man, yeah, like I kind of said, um, at first I was kind of skeptical, but uh, once I read it, I really agree with a lot of stuff in this book. Most of the stuff I agree with, I know we're going to go into stuff that we didn't agree with later on, but most stuff I agree with him, I, you know, on a smaller level uh, related with him and um, stuff that I really think I can use in my life, you know, to learn, to build our, build on my financial situation. So I, I really did like the book. Um, so yeah, that's my little spill. Uh, for me, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's kind of, I think we did it in the right order as far as total money makeover than Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Because I think Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I think he speaks in like definite terms. Like, don't do this. This is dumb. Do this. <laughs> you know, so I think like if you're not like mentally ready or prepared, like it's kind of a shock to you. But it's hey, like hey. it's kind of, I won't say killing everything you know or been kind of taught or whatever, but it's kind of killing your soul with like how definite he talks. It's like, there's not a maybe it's not like a might work. I might do this. It's like, go and do this. Like you'll, you'll be successful or you'll create wealth. But I, I, I really enjoyed it. I liked the sections, how it's broken down and everything. Um, I highlighted a lot of things in the book um, as far as, like you said, notes to take and everything. But as far as, uh, and I'll get to the second part, as far as um, what are some of the takeaways that I got from the book? Um, as far as like the real estate things that he was discussing, it seems like you really have to either be able, you have to be willing to move seem like, or be able to buy in low or distressed areas. You know, like if where you are is a booming market, the market actually may be in some other state, in some other city or something. You know, you have to go out and find that because I noticed that, you know, it seems like he moved around a few times and, you know, was able to find things. Also, a big thing, which I kind of know about from being in accounting background, but just like the tax laws. And I'm surprised that he's so, which I guess is not really a, a hidden thing, but how he's so forward about the tax laws. Like, yeah, just do this, <laughs> form this corporation, just do this, put it under here. 
like, okay. hey, that's how you pay like seven hundred and forty dollars, whatever it is, right. on your taxes, <laughs> man. That's, a, that's I was like, you know, I was like, I can't, you know, I can't knock it. I'm like, you know, if it's legal to do, then you know, it's, it's legal to do. Another thing I want to take away from it, and uh, my wife had talked about this like a while back, but she was saying like going to classes and seminars. Yeah, and, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm up for doing it. I think like. A lot of what I think about is stuff on TV. When I say, "Yeah, you know, come and join this class and whatever, whatever," and so you know that kind of that kind of turns you off a little bit. Yeah, that makes me like I'm like, nah, I don't know about that. (laughs) But I think now with I mean the internet and everything, you can kind of won't say verify, validates or validate someone, but like you kind of know like if it's something good or not. Mm -hmm. And I mean, in the grand scheme of things, if it's like a hundred bucks or something, like what is that to you know your possible investing or income you can get also another thing is uh the determination of how can i afford this versus i can't afford this then yeah. i think i have that mentally i just always say i can't but i'm still thinking about how i can do it i'm just yeah. telling you i can't right now <laughs> but i feel like i'll be able to get that i just need to move some things around or reduce this cost or something like that and i say one of the key things i forget i haven't highlighted in here i think it was like in a second checking chapter or something but I wanted to get to where to where he was his investments were paying for like the luxury items. So I know he had mentioned like I think his wife was kind of skeptical of it, but then once they started making money, she was able to get her Porsche or whatever like luxury car she wanted. And so I was like, that's where I want to be, like <laughs> where your investments or his assets or assets, as he say, are paying for that. But those are just some of the things I took away from it. What about you, Larry? Well, I'm gonna piggyback off uh, some of the things you said. Um, one thing was the taxes very first read this book i was like man i gotta figure out how not to pay taxes you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i mean i read i read it a year or two ago and i was like, man i gotta figure this out another other books too they talk about how the rich they don't pay taxes and yeah. most people you know they look at that as a negative thing but i'm trying to figure out how to do it you know <laughs> right. I, I read a book uh recently um actually it's called um the tax strategy for the savvy real estate investor um and it's more towards real estate but they talk about how you can use depreciation. Um, for instance, you can, I, I, Rich Dad Poor Dad talks about this too. You could go on a trip, you go to a conference for real estate, you can write off a lot of stuff that you do, your dinners and flights and stuff like that. You know, not the full amount, but you can write off a lot of it um, yeah. if, you, you know, if you verify that you're out there for you know, actual work. Also corporations. You know, I only have one rental property right now, but that's something I know most people, they use corporations for their uh, rental properties. Um, you got to be you got to be careful when you do it, because the bank, they can call your loan if they find out that you put the rental property under your LLC. But they normally don't do that, though. So uh, most people, they, they put their stuff under LLCs. So um, that's something that I really want to learn more about. Um, so that's something I, I took from it. Another thing, so me being a salesman, he talks about sales a lot. Yeah. So I really related to that. I, I can't find it right now, but it pretty much says that um, sales is the number one skill uh, to learn something to that effect. I can't remember yeah. exactly. And, and he's not talking about necessarily as a salesman, but I mean, you, you really use sales in, in your life um, in general, even if you're not a salesman. There was a lady who was an author and she wasn't able to sell her books or be as uh, profitable as she wanted to be. 
and she and he suggests, well, you should take a sales class. And then she kind of got upset, saying, "Well, I'm I'm an author. I have these degrees, and I'm not going to become a salesman. I don't, I don't like salesmen." He says, "Well, look at my book. My book says the number one selling author, not the number one best author." Um, she took offense to that, but I, I think um, there was a class we took. I took an SFA, excuse me, it's about entrepreneurship. You, you take a lot of classes when you're in school. A lot of stuff you really don't remember. But one of the things I do remember was professor was saying, even though if you're not a salesman, if you are an entrepreneur, you are a salesman because you have to sell your company. You have to sell yourself. I took that from Terrence. What are some things that you took from the book? Man, I think you guys nailed on some really, really good ones because he had a lot of good points in the book and he was real big on lists, uh, which I, I appreciated. But he had that a few times in the in the book where he liked the top three things you need to be a successful entrepreneur, the top 10 things, you know, and stuff like that. But, uh, but, but he had a few good ones in there. Um, and real quick, I like to say that, uh, Eric, you had some good points. I think one of them, you were saying that, uh, you know, they have these seminars and, and these classes that you hear everybody here is advertised on the radio and uh, he brings that up and it's basically an investment in, your, in yourself. We as people in general will buy just about anything. Uh, and it's a depreciating asset. Yeah. Uh, but when you invest in yourself, if you are actually getting something, something out of that lesson, it's, it's going to gain you money over time. It's going to be worth that in, investment. It's going to be an asset. I'm sorry, instead of depreciating. But so he, he brought that up. And actually, I'm trying to remember. I think I have it saved somewhere in my phone. But he said something to the effect of uh, rich people, because he made this comparison a couple of times in the book or quite a few times of rich people do this, poor people do the, the opposite. But uh, he said that poor people buy luxuries first yes. and uh, the rich people or the wealthy buy those luxuries last. So that's one thing that really stuck out and it makes a lot of a ton of sense is we see other people get things and, and say that, okay, if they can afford it, I can afford this also, but you don't realize it. Hey, uh, you know, Bill Gates or whoever might got the same thing, but they built up those assets first. And he also talked about one huge thing, which is very simple is he broke it down as uh, poor people uh, buy depreciating uh, items and rich people buy assets. So both are spending money. The difference is what are you spending that money in? Spending that money on. So if you're spending money on hopefully a a good stock or uh, some good portfolio items, some good, like like Larry said, in a rental property or something like that, something that over time is going to bring you back some money, then you, you're killing it. You nailed it right there. But if you're spending money on, and which everybody loves to get, go get a, a new TV, new vehicle or, or whatever. And some sometimes we need those items, but you if you're buying it just for, just for show or just because I want it, then and sometimes you go get some things that help make you happy, but at the same time, spend some of that money on something that's going to bring you money back. And that's a, a big key. So everything he said in that book, he said a lot of good things, but much of it can be summed up in that part of it right there of spending your money on some, some assets, something that's going to give you a return after a while. So right. that was very big. Yeah, and he also, in the, um, in the book, he kept illustrating like the income statement versus the balance sheet then he would say that like the poor and middle class, you basically have your job, which gives you the income on your income statement. And then you go down to your expenses and then you're pretty much done. Or you may have a liability, which is creating expenses and then you're done. He was saying that the rich, they have an asset, which is 
um, you know, either you got stocks or you have a, a rental property or something like that, which is creating income. And then you have expenses, you know, yeah. so that asset for the most part will only keep growing, you know, keep collecting, you'll keep collecting rent, you'll keep your stock will keep going up or whatever. And so he was like saying that and he had other things too in that column, but he was saying for the most part, that's how it is. And he also mentioned that for the most of us, like getting a house, we think of it in terms of being an asset. But he was saying that most of us, how we do, how we use it is really truly a liability. Like we're buying the house just to live in. We're not renting it out to form any income on it. So in that aspect, it's really just a liability. And even, you know, your equity or asset or equity in it, you know, whenever you do pay it off, yeah, it's an asset. But at that time, you're not going to sell it anymore. So it's really, I guess you could say it's an asset for your kids and not really for you. But he believed in real estate and formed that as an asset, like basically rental properties. No, there was a, I think I just found a, a note that I had saved uh, about the, the book. And it was something that stuck out where, that meant a lot to, to me, which I think really resonates with a lot of us, uh, especially in our communities, as far as uh, black people go. But he said that the rich people will kind of teach their their kids and they invest and in, and mentor their kids or even other people's kids. Right. So they, they teach, they teach that they pass it on. And he said, one of the things that poor people or middle class do is, is they don't, is we, we, we don't do that. And he said that uh, that's one of the major differences. And we don't have the conversations about, about money, about finances, about assets and rich people do that, you know, they'll have that conversation like, oh, I just purchased this. I got this much return. And they're going to have that same conversation with their kids. And I, I know a guy at work uh, who said as much before about, oh, you know, I hear him talk about his dad or his dad's friend sometimes and his dad, you know, friend on this. And, mm-hmm. and, and he makes this much. And I'm like, where are you getting all this information from? Because I didn't hear nothing about it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and we have to, be candid sometimes about those conversations if, if that's what we want to learn. That's what we, the knowledge we want to attain or want our kids to know about because sometimes, and that's the problem, is this, these people don't know the trouble they're getting into until they're deep into it, until they're grown out of college and you realize that, God, dog, I got so much credit, uh, credit card debt. I, I didn't know these student loans cost so much. How come I can't afford a, a house? And, and somebody should have been telling you, you know, coming up, that hey uh, come come to work with me or hey i gotta go do this meeting or have this uh business discussion with so-and-so he's trying to Mm. you know i'm not gonna fall for the okie doke on this you know have those conversations about the finances you know educate uh those kids early and we don't do a good job as a whole within our community yeah that was something i took out well both of y'all recently said something about assets and i think that's i mean really big in his book i'm gonna read real quick he has rule one it says it's really the only rule, but rule one says you must know the difference between an asset and a liability and buy assets. And I mean, pretty much he says, if you, if you know that you'll, you know, you'll become rich or wealthy, whatever you want to be. It's, he makes it pretty plain there. I mean, he, he stated that like, that's the one thing you can't forget. He mentioned assets and liabilities over and over and over and over. You know, if you read that book and I think for the ones that don't know, the premise of it was uh, his rich dad was like his best friend's dad who had all these businesses and stuff. And so that's who he calls rich dad. And the poor dad was actually his dad who was um, highly educated, but with like a career. Even though he had a career and it was bringing him in, bringing in good money, uh, wasn't financially responsible 
and, right. and thoughtful. And so he was always kind of in, in debt and struggling a little bit. Uh, but he, his career was giving him good money. It was, you know, he was making good money. He had right. his, as far as his pay, like he yeah. was making, you know, good money. It's just his net worth wasn't, wasn't doing anything. And, and as a matter of fact, I think Rich Dad, did he, didn't he drop out of school? He did. He didn't, yeah. he didn't graduate high school. Right. And, and I don't know if he even made the high school. He, he dropped off early, wherever it was. Grade? It was something young. It was something young. And, um, and that goes back. Another term he uses a lot is financial literacy. He says, it's very important to know financial literacy and it's rich dad who, I mean, I think he did make a lot of money too. Don't get me wrong, but the, the poor dad made a lot of money, but he didn't know how to use it. He didn't, he didn't know what to do with it once he received it. That kind of goes back to the, our total money makeover episode where you can make a lot of money, but if you have a lot of debt, it, it doesn't matter. I'm going to read real quick. Some of the assets that he suggests using or to, to get, excuse me. He says businesses that do not require my presence, um, that's something I'm trying to look into myself right now. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, income generating real estate, notes, IOUs, royalties, and anything else that has value, produces income, or appreciates and has a ready market. So those are some of the assets that he suggests putting our money into. So I, you know, I think that's important. Yeah. So I think we've been speaking a lot about uh, some of the points in the book that we really appreciated and liked a lot. Uh, I don't think we've really mentioned anything that we might have disagreed with. And honestly, there was not a, a lot I didn't agree with. Um, there were some points in it where it seemed like it might have been getting in. The, I guess it's that difference between, you know, really, if you're focused on capitalism um, and I think we're all kind of really in pursuit of being accountable and trying to make our own money. I think there was something and he actually starts out with it where he talks about our education system and at first I was, I didn't know what to think of, of that. Um, so if it's something that does stick out to me and I, I wasn't sure about that, I was like, huh, he's really talking, talking down on people that don't have a business and, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and then pursue education. And I don't think that's what he meant by it. The more I read throughout it and, and especially the second time around, it came off to me a, a little certain way, but at the same time, I, I can understand and appreciate what the point he was trying to make in that, the educational system does let people down when it comes to finances. Um, you know, you might have, I don't even remember if we had an economics class. I think we did in high school. I think I took one economics class. So other than that, it was, it was you learn at home. And as I just said, you don't really learn a lot of that at home you, <laughs> or you learn bad practices. So that's his knock on the education system is, is it's not educating people like it should when it comes to finances and investments um how to own run your own business it, it teaches you numbers and the rest you have to learn how to apply uh, but it doesn't teach you specifically how to do something that work work that money yeah. yeah one thing i'm not gonna say i disagree with him on but you know i disagree for myself i mean he doesn't seem to be very big on retirement accounts um, uh yeah good point yeah. he's not very big on retirement accounts and i can understand that um i think from his perspective he's trying to and I, I, I can appreciate this, but try to make it to where you make, you become filthy rich, I guess. And in retirement accounts, you might not become filthy rich, but I mean, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of information out there that you can become millionaires from investing a lot into your retirement accounts. It's, it's simple, it's easy, it's uh, for the most part low risk. And he's, he's against low risk. You know, he talks about putting a lot of money into single stocks that are um, new form companies or 
somewhat. So um, kind of more riskier and I can appreciate that. But for me, you know, I, I would feel more comfortable putting a lot into, um, you know, 401ks and IRAs, um, mutual, mutual funds. funds. Exactly. Um, you might not become filthy rich, but you, you definitely, if you do it consistently, can become a millionaire. And that's kind of what my, my first milestone I'm looking for is to become a millionaire. So, yeah. So I don't dis- disagree just for me. It's not, you know, some of the stuff. Now he talks about real estate. There's a podcast I listen to a lot. It's called Bigger Pockets. And every episode that guests, they ask the guests, what is a book that you've read that um, really influenced you? And I will say most of the time or more than in other books, it is this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He doesn't, the book is not about real estate, but it talks about what you could do in your life if you do invest, invest in real estate, excuse me. And I, I know we kind of, I'm, I'm getting off topic a little bit, but there was one part of the book that really resonated with me. This is kind of weird, but anger and desire, the, the way I work kind of, I kind of work anger, angry, excuse me. One quote I'm going to read it from his book, it says, true learning takes energy, passion, a burning desire, Anger is a big part of the formula for passion is anger and love combined. Most people, passion does not direct them. Fear does. Most people, they might not, you know, I don't know. It might not mean anything to them, but as a salesman, I'm going to just be real quick. I worked for a company. The company didn't believe I was a salesman or didn't believe I could be a salesman. Um, Somehow I got in touch with another company and they thought I was a salesman, hired me as a salesman and, and really anger um, really drove me. Like, really, I just wanted to prove them wrong uh, to the point to like, um, so I, I sell construction stuff. Our, our trucks are big trucks that deliver like 60 foot material. And you can see the truck, you'll know exactly what the truck is when you see it. And then when I would see, when I was a salesman, when I would see that truck from the other company, I would literally get upset. Like, what customer is buying from this company? Why are they not buying it from me? So my, like, really my first year, I didn't, my first year, I'm not gonna get into my income at, at all, but my first year, um, it really, money wasn't that big, big a deal to me at my first year. My first year was proving the other company wrong. And it really helped me out later on to when I was able to start making more money because I had a foundation. Um, everything, a lot of it pretty much was proved the other company wrong. So, um, so that quote really resonated with me. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the, that determination, like you said, the passion he was talking about, like, and you know, you take your, your, brump, your bumps and bruises to learn you know, but it's like you need that fuel. And it seems like that's what all the all the greats of people that have did it, like, you know, these like sports. I mean, we all love sports, so we watch these documentaries. It's like they all have that, like, moment or, like, this person, when I was in grade school, didn't <laughs> didn't do this, and then that, you know, spurred them to do whatever. Um, Shaq and um, Dave Robinson, you know that story? No, I don't know that one. So Shaq went to high school in Texas, I believe. And and Dave Robinson was uh, playing for the Spurs. And story was that Shaq went to one of his games and David Robinson didn't really acknowledge him while he was in high school. Um, Dave Robinson was in NBA, Shaq was in high school at the time. He didn't really acknowledge him. He said that that happened. So when they played in the NBA, um, he really would try to give to Dave Robinson. (laughs) Lori <laughs> comes out after retired that never happened <laughs> that never happened but he, he you know he used that desire that anger um to um to kind of fuel him and i think michael jordan talks about in his 
I think there were stories that Michael Jordan made up too. Yeah, he, he was he, a yeah. lot of them. Yeah. And then, uh, like, what was that, The Last Dance or something? Yeah, like, that documentary. Dance, he, he was pissed at the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, this guy whispered at me. I thought he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, but as far as stuff I disagree with, kind of like, I guess, T with the education thing. At first, I was like, well, he just doesn't want you to go to school at all. <laughs> just somehow, you know, because I'm like, even for like to accumulate these assets, if they're not, if you didn't inherit it, you're going to need some type of money or capital to get it. Mm-hmm. And that capital, whatever, normally comes from your job. And so yeah. I was like, how, <laughs> how am I supposed to get this? You know, if I'm right out of high school, just like go get it. Uh, but then like later on, he was like, you know, basically use your job as, like I said, the capital or fuel to get these assets or whatever. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm cool with that. And, um, only other thing I guess I kind of dis- disagree with was, which I don't know the, the, he was saying more factual stuff, but when he was talking about the taxes and how they came to be and everything, and he was saying basically they, the taxes were supposed to be on the rich, but then the rich, I guess, put them on the poor or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I believe that, but I believe that the rich started to get into these political positions. <laughs> so they were like, look, now that I'm here, <laughs> I can put these on the poor. So more like that and more so, uh, and like he, and he said, he did say one thing that I think people aren't really aware of is that like these rich corporations and stuff, these lobbyists that they have, like they basically like, like I think he said like gold makes the rules or something like that is what he said. Who, he who has the goals makes the rules. And so I think like these corporations with all this money and lobbying, lobbying that they're able to do, like that's pretty much how all these laws get formed. You know, these big corporations, they can pretty much do and kind of say what they want. You know, I like taxes for corporations probably aren't going to ever change. There's just too many, <laughs> too many, too much money. It's, it's too much into it. But yeah, nothing like clearly that I disagree with. Um, like I think, like you said, Larry, I think, I think he's talking about investing like tons of money to where he doesn't really have to have a retirement account. I think that's, kind of the method that he's using but i'm more like your your ballpark i want to do some type of safe <laughs> some type of safe investing or whatever because i mean i guess with the things he was talking about i mean bad stuff can happen i guess but yeah that's pretty much i think it yeah, did anybody else have anything to say and i had i had one thing i'm gonna make yeah. this this real quick and that's uh I, I didn't. I didn't hear nothing about my mic, man. I, I, I'm over here representing. I, I know. I went back and listened to the last couple of uh, recordings, and and I was sounding off, so I had to check my system. And and I think I got my mic set up. You see, I got it hands free. I got it on the swivel. I'm I'm feeling like Booby Miles right oh, now in Friday Night Lights. You know, I got my black Nikes on right now. I'm distinguished now. But but I didn't. Yeah, yeah I wasn't. I, I was expecting some type of applause or something, but I. I'll pat myself on the back. That's all right. I'll give you uh, one of these uh, reactions here. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. The listeners will applaud you when they listen to it. Um, <laughs> I was going to say one thing real quick. It's going to be real quick, but our first book was Total Money Makeover. And um, I feel like there were a lot of similarities, actually. One thing, both of them talk about, a lot of it's about your your yourself, your, your mindset. One quote from this book is the lack of personal self-discipline is the number one delineating factor between the rich and the poor in the middle class. Um, I think that kind of goes with what Dave Ramsey said. Another thing he says, he, I don't like consumer debt, keep expenses low and don't dip into your savings. 
I think that goes a lot with, uh, with Dave Ramsey's book as well. So, um, you know, when we start reading these books, there seems to be some themes that a lot of the rich people um, kind of, um, you know, have, have similar to each other. Both of them talk about giving money as well. Um, he seems to be really big into giving money. Um, and he yeah. says you need to give money to receive money. So um, just something I noticed that a lot of these rich people, um, which, you know, we, I think we all strive to be or, you know, somewhat. And, uh, and Terrence actually sent um, an article to the group, maybe not rich, maybe wealthy. Wealthy is a better word. But yeah. a lot of these wealthy people, um, some common themes that they have. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and I guess for me, I did want to read two quotes from the book. Like this is in the first chapter that really hung with me throughout the whole thing. It's kind of how, like, I guess somewhat in a way of how I live. Um, it says, if, if you learn life's lessons, you will do well. If not, life will just continue to push you around. People do two things. Some just let life push them around. Others get angry and push back but they push back against their boss or their job or their husband or wife. They do not know it's life that's pushing them. Life pushes all of us around. Some people give up and others fight. A few learn the lesson and move on. They welcome life pushing them around. To these few people, it means they need and want to learn something. They learn and move on. Most quit and a few like you fight. So I think that kind of goes back to kind of what Larry did, like Larry fight. <laughs> like, you don't think I can do it? Okay, let me show you, you know, I can do it. So, and I think for the most part, like he said, like, it could have easily been like he took that out on somebody or whatever. I got mad at like the other people, but he's like, look, I can show you like, I, you know, let me learn here. I'm going to learn this and I'm going to do it. So that's pretty much uh kind of mentality. I like to possess too, but that's it. If that's it for everybody, Larry, you can close us out. Oh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. Keep on listening to us more. Check out our Instagram and Facebook. Um, and we'll have some more information for you. Thank y'all. Anything or thank you guys, Terrence and Eric as well. All right. Peace out. Peace.